0: live presented by Kallida Health all right here we are hour
1: number two Chris Brown Steve Tasker with you one Bill's live and pleased to be joined now in hour number two by pro Football Focus NFL and lead draft analyst Michael Renner joining us here on the show and Mike we've got you in here to talk some playoff matchups and why don't we start with uh, the one we're dealing with day and night uh, Bill's Bengals. Obviously, the the previous matchup got scrapped uh, for, you know, an unfortunate circumstance with DeMar Hamlin's cardiac event. Um, Basically, a half a quarter got played, so we didn't even really get a feel for these two teams up against one another in that one. What are you anticipating, especially after both teams would probably say they didn't play an airtight game in the wild card round?
2: I'm anticipating a dogfight. I think it's going to be a low-scoring, back-and-forth kind of field position-ish battle, which obviously the Bills are not really accustomed to playing this year. But this Bengals defense is difficult to go up against. They just have no real weaknesses. You know, if you're game-planning to attack Cincinnati, and kind of was, we saw the first time, there's no real one spot where it's like, okay, yeah, there we have a mismatch. It's like, no, the DTs are good. Their edge wrestlers are solid. Their linebacking core is one of the best in the NFL. Safety tandem's uh, tremendous, and their cornerback duo, great as well. So there's there's really nowhere to go against the Bengals' defense. You almost just have to be methodical, uh, you know, and they're going to make you play a game you don't want to play. So I think it's going to be low scoring, but the one matchup, if there is like one mismatch in this game that really favors one side or the other, it's that Bills' defensive line against the Bengals' offensive line. If Jonah Williams can't go, obviously he had the knee dislocation. If he's not going this one, it's backup Jack Harmon. I just don't see how the Bengals are going to move the ball offensively. I mean, that is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL if they're throwing out three backups again against this Bills defensive line. Huge, huge mismatch.
3: Yeah, I think you're right. Both in the Bills have taken great pride in the quality of their defense. As you look across the rankings, these two teams are right together in all the major categories. If one's two, the other one's three. And if the other one's two, the other one's three. It's They're really good. And I so I think – Uh, You may have some. What do you think about the start to that game, the Monday night game, when both teams, I mean, the defenses weren't even speed bumps in that game. They go down, first series, touchdown, the Bills go down, drop a pass, they get a field goal, and off away it goes again. And the Cincinnati's moving the ball again before the game is stopped. Is this going to be like a six-possession game for each team or a 25-possession game for each team?
2: Yeah, I think it's going to be, Closer to the former there. I think it's going to be grinded out, long drives. That's what it's going to kind of go. Because I think both of these teams, what you live in fear of is the big play. you know, with Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, those are guys who any given moment with Josh Allen's arm can go 80-plus yards to the house. And then on the other side, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, same story. So uh, I think you're going to see a lot of underneath passing because of that because you're just going to see these defenses, the secondaries, just back off of these guys as much as possible because no one wants to be the one guy that makes that game changing play that loses you the football game.
1: Switching over to the other AFC matchup, Chiefs and Jaguars. I was I was kind of openly wondering about this with Steve. Jaguars coming off this emotional comeback victory while the Chiefs are sitting at home on their couch watching everything during wild card weekend. I I just wonder what the Jags I know for the most part they're still a young team, but are they gonna have enough left in the tank? You know, the emotional letdown scenario is what I'm concerned about with them.
2: No, I think you're a hundred percent right there because every Jacksonville fan, that was their Super Bowl, right? They're like Trevor Lawrence playing well in the second half, the comeback, beating Justin Herbert, like just getting a playoff win after how down bad this franchise has been. I think like twelve of the last fourteen years they've drafted in the top ten of the NFL draft just to get that win. That, that was it. Like they, they're they icing on the cake if they do anything else from here. So from that perspective, there's nothing to lose, but at the same time, it's like, I, I it find it difficult to see them getting up to the same degree against this Kansas City chiefs team. And, you know, to beat the chiefs, uh, you got to play damn near a perfect ball. So yeah, I, I tend to be with you there. I think this one could get away from the Jaguars.
3: Yeah. And I would agree with you for the most part, there is always that thing that says in a little bit, the bills were a victim of it a little bit against the dolphins this past week. What do they got to lose? They're going to roll the dice. It's four-down territory in your own end. You're going to throw the trick plays at them. You're going to, you know, gamble a little bit. And teams that are talented like they are in the NFL, sometimes those gambles pay off. And when the pressure comes off, and I agree, the pressure is off the Jaguars. They are playing with house money right now. So does that in some way make them a little more dangerous, knowing that they've got an experienced head coach? who really does have the pulse of his team. And maybe if he pushes the right buttons, they can come up with uh, quite the performance.
2: Yeah. a coach is obviously very familiar with Andy Reed. You know, he's the OG Andy Reed disciple. They're coming out. Uh, so I think that aspect too, is very important in this game that Doug Peterson. If there's anything you know about him, is that come playoff time, he's going to empty the bag out. So I do think they didn't really have that chance this past week against the Chargers because of the fact that they just had to be methodical coming back, uh, you know, moving the football. You can't really run trick plays down four scores. No one's going to buy it. So I I think in this game, you're going to see, you know, he was the OG Philly special. He's going to maybe obviously not the Philly special that's played out by now, but he's going to have something. He's going to come with something that we haven't seen before. I'm guessing uh, in his arsenal to hopefully, you know, whether it's a two point conversion, whether it's a touchdown, whether it's create a big play, Doug Peterson's going to come with it.
1: The last team to qualify for the divisional round, the Dallas Cowboys, who won last night. They got a big test here. They got to go out to San Francisco. I'm curious, Mike, what you think about with respect to the quarterback matchup here. Prescott is either hot as a firecracker or he looks woefully inconsistent with his decision-making. There doesn't seem to be much of an in-between, and going against that San Fran defense looks like hell on earth. But yet at the same time, the Cowboys can bring the heat too, and I don't know if Brock Purdy's seen a pass rush like this. So, how do you see that shaken out?
2: Yeah, to me, this is my favorite matchup of the weekend. Now, Bengals Bills is obviously massive as well, but this one, there's just so many good storylines, so many good matchups throughout that. I'm very excited to see it. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with the Dak Prescott thing. It's that this offense seemingly either puts up 40 or it looks like they have no clue what they're doing on that side of the football. So, it's. You know, going up against this 49ers defense, if you look like you have no clue what you're doing, they will put you in the dirt. That is the best defense left for my money in the playoffs right now. But then on the other side, you have a rookie quarterback, a rookie seventh round pick, Mr. Relevant, defying all odds, going up against what by any measure is the top five defense in the NFL. And as you mentioned, one of, if not the most ferocious pass rush in the NFL. So where I'm leaning on that one's difficult, but I just don't see the magic of Brock Birdie, and how it's been magical. I just don't see how he goes four games in the playoffs with, it. I think at some point it's going to have to run out.
3: And then surprisingly from the beginning of the season, if you transpose what we thought coming on to the regular season and now where we're at, how do NFS three NFC East teams make it into the playoffs, but now the giants are in Philadelphia. It's the most amazing difference I think, well, that's not true. The AFC West we thought was going to be a juggernaut, and it turned into to be the Chiefs again and everybody else. So, But the NFC East, the Giants at Philly, Philly putting together a magical season, and the Giants maybe even more magical.
2: I'm with you there. The Giants are the biggest storyline in the NFL. This was a team that people thought was in the running for the number one overall pick, right? They, they, no one gave this team a chance, even more so than – I'd say even like the Seahawks. Like, no one expected Daniel Jones to turn into this. This has been a top ten offense in terms of EPA per play this season, and you know all credit to Brian Dable, but Daniel Jones, his development at the quarterback position, has been a massive part of it because this is not a great offensive line. This is not a great receiving core. They're like they should not, by any stretch of the imagination, be putting up points as easily as they have this season, but somehow they still do. So. Yeah, they're overmatched again. Like, if we're just going talent for talent, Eagles outclass them pretty much everywhere. But somehow that really hasn't mattered too much to the Giants in a lot of games this season. So uh, I'm not going to bet against them here, uh, especially with Jalen Hurts banged up with Wayne Johnson banged up for that Eagles offense.
1: Yeah, that's kind of a big part of the equation here. So much so that I don't even know if you can look to their two matchups during the regular season and and glean anything from them. I mean, the first one's a I mean, the B- Giants get run off the field. The Eagles roll up 48 points, and then the second game is pretty tight game. It's a one-score game. Um, I, I don't, I don't think that helps us at all in trying to figure out <laughs> what this one's going to look like.
2: Yeah, and the way this Giants offense is like schemed, there's really no—I don't want to say like book on it. But as you guys know, Brian Dable, one of the best no offensive minds in the NFL he just it's so much underneath misdirection that there's no like getting a read on exactly what they're supposed to be doing on any given play to where I don't think it helps the Eagles any that they've seen this offense before so uh yeah I'm very excited to see that matchup as well
3: One of the things I want to ask you about, you you mentioned this earlier, and the injuries at this time of year. We had a conversation early in the show about how different it is in this day and age with teams and their ability to play 50 guys throughout the course of a season where way back in the day there was like 26 guys who played offense and defense. You would almost had to carve the roster into stone. The Cincinnati Bengals and their offensive line have been through it. They went through 15 weeks of the same five guys. Now they got like two of those guys left. Uh, That to me may be the most significant injury information of the week.
2: One hundred percent. The Bengals' offensive line right now decimated, and you guys have seen it too. How big impact? How big? Excuse me. Injuries are impactful to a roster. It's like this. Bills' defense when Von Miller was healthy was just no one could say anything to this defensive line. No one, no one had any answers for that. And all of a sudden you take them away and it's like, you know, some, how is Miami putting up 31 with the backup quarterback all of a sudden? It's like that doesn't happen when your roster is at full strength. So with this Bengals offense, like they don't crawl into a shell the way they did against that Ravens defense. If that offensive line's at full strength, that Joe Burrow had any time to throw. Uh, and so that's why I think you have to lean Bills in this matchup just because that's such a mismatch with three backups on their offensive line. When to be honest, the starters weren't that great in the first place, but I mean, their backups are that much worse. So I'm worried. I'm worried for the Bengals' offense. I'm worried for Joe Burrow's health.
1: Switching gears. Last one I've got for you, Mike, cause I know you have your ear to the ground on the draft class and everything. I'm really having a tough time getting past Bryce Young being 180 pounds soaking wet. Um, You know, we see the durability issues with Tua, and he was a top-five pick, but the Dolphins kind of paid the ultimate price due to his lack of availability. Now he's got a concussion history, which, while he should be fine for next season, that long-term can be an issue. Um, Look, I'm not going to debate for a second that Bryce Young is a super talent, but at this level of football, I don't know how he survives a 17-game season even with the best offensive line. What is the general consensus that you're kind of hearing from, you know, pro personnel people about this kid as a long-range franchise quarterback?
2: Yeah, it is the worry, right? It's, uh, it's you know, con one, con two, con three. It's, it's all the worry right now with Bryce Young is that size because on the field, like there's really not a lot to worry about. But I do think there is something still to – play style and how a guy takes hits because he's not going out there he's mobile but he's not going out there like Josh Allen and jumping over piles and sticking his shoulder into guys uh he's not like Tua in that he doesn't let he doesn't let himself take clean shots he's falling away when he is under pressure like he's not Tua really is bad at getting himself leaving himself exposed to those hits is why he keeps taking so he's already, you know, he's always been that size. He's protected himself well at the collegiate level, really only missed uh, the, the couple games this past season. But it, but it is the word. And he's always going to be small. Even if he puts on 15 pounds, he's still small by NFL standards. So uh, I, I do think that's what NFL teams are going to have to weigh. But I know he has a lot of fans out there. And, and I know if he were 6'3", 220, he would be number one overall pick and no one would even be debating it right now. So uh, it will be an interesting conversation but he's not going past pick two. I'll just tell you that right
1: now. Mike, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for dicing up uh, the next playoff round here. We're, we're sure going to be looking forward to this one on Sunday, no doubt.
2: For sure, fellas. Thanks for having me. All right. How's it going?
1: That's Mike Renner joining us here from Pro Football Focus, their NFL and lead draft analyst. And uh, I'm really intrigued as to, A, I would say besides the Bills-Bengals game, the game that interests me most is Niners-Cowboys. For those of us that are old enough, those used to be classic battles oh, yeah. in the 90s in the playoffs, seemingly every year. And then you had guys switching teams. Charles Haley you know, goes Deion. from the Niners to the Cowboys. Deion, Deion Sanders, Sanders switches teams. teams. Um, it just added to the whole thing, and now here it is again. But I'm wondering which Dak Prescott's going to show up to that game against the best defense in football for my money. And then does the balloon burst on Brock Purdy, who's going to see pass pressure like he's never seen before? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I mean, that game you. could be 16-10. Dallas, Dallas,
3: to 10. Right. Dallas has a fantastic pass rush with Micah Parsons. And right. Demarcus Lawrence. And Demarcus Lawrence. Those guys can go. Uh, San Francisco, same thing with Bosa and, and that crew. Does, does Dak... Turn it over. Does he back back there and throw it to the wrong guy, or, or does Brock Purdy go back there and make continue to make magic? I don't know. I think the I think the downside of both those quarterbacks is almost identical, but the upside is identical too. And you don't know which one you're going to get. Yeah. I mean, you don't have any. I mean, Dak has played horrible for a month up till last night. I don't know. I think it's really interesting. <laughs> it's going to be. I think it's really interesting. I, I don't know Sunday why, but I feel like it's
1: got low scoring written all over it. I found it interesting that Mike thought
3: the Bills, Bills Bengals, Bengals was
1: going to be low scoring. See, I, I don't know if I'm agreeing with that. Yeah, a
3: lot of people here, and I I agree with them. I can see them. it going the other way. I, yeah, I think you're going to have to score 30 points to win. Yeah. And it's, the first one to 40 is going to win it, you know, kind of thing, right? <laughs> Track me. Right. I, I do. I These two teams are hard to keep off the scoreboard. Bengals are sh- certainly that. Um, I told you the Bills have scored 30 points in their last four games. The Bengals haven't been quite that much. They scored 30 only once over the last – well, that's not tr- – then they scored uh, – yeah, and they only scored 24 Sunday. So, yeah. um against yeah, a good Ravens defense, yeah. I, you know, I don't know. I, the Bills are scoring a lot of points, more so than the Bengals are, and that surprises me. Yeah. That surprises me because the Bengals are so explosive. Uh, maybe it does have to do with their offensive line.
1: We'll see. Let's get back to the phones at 803 550 2550 Is there a part of Buffalo's game that still hasn't peaked? We go to Bob in Lancaster who's been waiting patiently. What do you got for us, Bob?
0: Hey, uh, two things. First, uh, I want to talk about that kicker in Dallas. I have uh, an interesting observation on that. But, um, Chris, you would have seen this. I was at the game Sunday, and like the last defensive play of the game, it looked to me like Ed Oliver came off the field kind of limping. And I haven't heard anything that he was hurt or on the injury list or anything. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, we
1: haven't heard anything either, I guess. The earliest we'll find out is tomorrow when the injury report comes out. Um, you know, sometimes these guys just take a knock on the knee, you know, like knee on knee or something at the bottom of a pile, and it hurts for 10 seconds and then it subsides. But I'm just speculating. I don't know anything. We'll, I guess we'll okay. find out tomorrow when the
0: injury report's released. Okay. Then the other thing, on the Dallas kicker, um him missing those extra points. The NFL put out a memo I heard this weekend about uh, mm-hmm. looking at place kickers that are putting something underneath the ball to kick. And I'm just wondering, do you think that had anything to do with it?
1: Yeah, I, I'll admit I had seen that memo, but it, it was not at the forefront of my mind when I was watching Renner miss the extra points or Renner. I'm watching Marr miss the extra points. Um yeah, I mean I suppose that could have been a factor if in fact he was using you know a foreign object previously. Basically what the NFL memo was saying is kickers and holders cannot use any kind of foreign object to help spot a football on a kick cuz I guess there has been film evidence of some players going out there and putting what looks like a coin, you know or a disc down to mark the spot where the ball is going to get set down and maybe on grass it sits it up a little bit higher for the kicker.
3: Making well, it's for the
1: holder. And for the
3: holder to mark the spot. Um, and it's also for the kicker as well because he goes, and if he knows the, and he can see the spot, and if the ball is forward of the spot or behind the spot or towards him from the spot, he adjusts accordingly because he's taken his foot off the spot. So I as a holder, you weren't even allowed to, because I tried, you weren't even allowed to spit to mark the spot. Mm. for the ball the official
1: come up and wipe it off so interesting yeah it's a thing but you can hold your finger down there on the spot after the kicker points it out right because i've seen well, that. that's what the, you got yeah you yeah, have the holder that. puts his you, finger there yeah you always do that yeah but there's that but when you bring your hands up to catch
3: the ball you look back down that spot's not there anymore right. and you don't want to what you don't want to do is rub a spot out you know you don't want to rub a a bare spot or anything in the turf, because then that changes the surface where it's yeah. lower or high lower. Right, right, right. So you, you don't want to do that either for the kicker. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's an ongoing gamesmanship thing. What can you say you do what you can do?
1: Does it really make that much of a difference?
3: I don't know. If you think it does, it does. <laughs> okay. I told you it's all. Well, if that's their the ears. case, and Brett was doing ears. it,
1: if that's the case, and Brett Maher was doing it, Bob could be right. Uh, back to the phones and to Tony in New York City. What do you got for us, Tony?
3: Hey, how's it going, guys?
1: Good.
2: Uh, I am. I am concerned about the Bill D going into Sunday. Uh, yes, I understand the Bengals have uh, are going to be without three offensive linemen. Uh, however, you yeah. can't. Co- right, right. It, it, it's got that look. Uh, you can't compare the Skyler Thompson led Dolphins to the Bengal offense, and uh, you saw uh, Elam got hurt, Dane Jackson got hurt. Uh, The the Bills have some secondary uh, health issues also, in addition to no Von
3: Miller. So if if Joe Burrow uh, somehow does have a little time to throw back there, uh, it might be a problem.
1: Yeah, I understand what your concerns are, Tony, and and thanks for the call. I will say this. After the game, Coach McDermott was asked if Dane Jackson had to return to the game, could he have, and he said yes. So hopefully his injury is not a serious one, and I would tend to think it's not if he was able to come back into the game and Kyrie Elam was playing so well, I guess they just elected to rest Dane the rest of the game, and Kyrie Elam just had a cramp in his leg at the end of the game. So as far as we know, He's good to go for this week. So, hopefully that quells your concern somewhat about the state of Buffalo's secondary going into this game because you are going to want all systems go with that crew coming in this week, the Bengals yeah. receiving core. Um,
3: Bengals, here's the thing that gets me to um, the Bengals ranking. If you go to the rankings, the Bengals are ranked 20 uh, – I don't know what they're ranked, but they had 24 points a game. The Bills um, – Hold on. Here we go. Now i get it. The Bengals are ranked – they have 26.1 points per game. Buffalo is 28.4 points per game. The Bills score more points than the Bengals do.
1: Um, yeah. Second in the league in scoring is the Bills. Sixth in the league in scoring seventh. is Cincinnati. And so, yeah, the, the Bengals and, – and to use their own
3: phrase, the Bengals got to play us too. Um Our defense is a quality defense. Um, Their offense is very good, very potent, but so are the Bills, very much so. And this should be – this is the kind of game you run into at the divisional round of the National Football League. It's just the way it is. Last year it was the Kansas City Chiefs. This year it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. Last year it was the defending AFC champs. This year it's the defending AFC champs. So there you go. I mean, you got to you got to step up to the plate and take your swing. Uh, it's not going to be easy. You're not going to you're not going to like the matchup in a lot of ways for any of these teams. This is a bet this is a harder matchup for the Bengals than the one they just escaped Baltimore with. You know, so both these teams have a lot to be concerned about, but they also have a lot of reason to be confident. Yep.
1: Break time for us here. We'll take more of your phone calls on the other side. It's One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. This is Buffalo Bills Radio.